The following is a reflection on the readings for Saturday of the fifth week of Easter. The first reading is taken from Acts chapter 16, verses 1 to 10. The responsorial is Psalm 100, and the gospel is John chapter 15, verses 18 to 21. Acts chapter 16 begins the church's second missionary journey. St. Paul decides first to revisit the communities he founded in the first mission in order to strengthen them. This includes Lystra, where Paul had healed a crippled man and was in consequence considered by the people one of the ancient gods, but after being stirred up by the Jewish leaders, turned against him, stoned him, dragged him out of the city, and left him for dead. The fact that St. Paul now returns to Lystra shows his great love for the church. He is rewarded because in Lystra there was a young man named Timothy, who, being a believer, Paul now enlists as a traveling companion and fellow worker. In 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 6, Paul exhorts his young protege, quote, For this reason I remind you to rekindle the gift of God that is within you through the laying on of my hands. For God did not give us a spirit of fear, but a spirit of power and love and self-control. The laying on of hands indicates that St. Paul ordained Timothy a priest. In 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 14, Timothy was also ordained a bishop when Paul, along with the other bishops of the Ephesian church, laid hands on him. As Timothy was a second-generation Christian, we see here the workings of apostolic succession in the early church. In 2 Timothy chapter 2, we also see, with Timothy, the beginning of sacred tradition. St. Paul states, quote, You then, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus, and what you have heard from me before many witnesses, entrust to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. End of quote. The word entrust to means to hand on, from which we get the term tradition. The text of Acts chapter 16 states that Paul and Timothy, together with Silas, went from town to town, delivering the decisions that had been reached at the Council of Jerusalem concerning the inclusion of Gentile converts. So the churches were strengthened in the faith and increased in numbers daily. But what is also key in the first reading is that the Holy Spirit leads the mission. Thus, although Paul wanted to journey west into Asia, likely to minister in Ephesus, its capital, he was prevented, and when they attempted to go north to Bithynia, the Spirit of Jesus did not allow them, so they went down to Troas. There Paul receives a vision of a man from Macedonia pleading with him and saying, Come and help us. Paul is obedient and this begins the evangelization of Europe. Although Paul was anxious to spread the faith first to Asia, God had other plans. However, as we will see in Monday's reading from Acts chapter 16, verses 11 to 15, Asia comes to him in the woman Lydia, a dealer in purple cloth and an influential business leader who, after hearing Paul preach the word of God, has her entire household baptized and invites Paul to stay at her home. 
Macedonia is located at the very north of Greece and thus served as a gateway to Europe. The Holy Spirit wanted the good news to spread into Europe because the powerful centers of Spain and Rome, once evangelized, would lead the gospel to the rest of the world. Paul would eventually minister in Ephesus and in fact write a pastoral letter to its church, but all in God's timing. What does this have to say to us today in our efforts at living and spreading the faith? Sometimes God closes a door or chapter in our life that at the time we do not agree with or understand. As Proverbs chapter 16 verse 9 states, A man's mind plans his way, but the Lord directs his steps. In the New Testament, St. James expands on this principle in chapter 4 of his letter, quote, Come now, you who say, Today or tomorrow we will go into such and such a town and spend a year there and trade and get gain, whereas you do not know about tomorrow. What is your life? For you are a mist that appears for a little time and then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, If the Lord wills, we will live, and we shall do this or that. End of quote. It is comforting to know that even St. Paul had to adjust his agenda according to the movements of the Holy Spirit, and that along the way, although he would suffer much opposition and apparent setbacks, the Holy Spirit used everything to accomplish his plans. As St. Paul would conclude in Romans chapter 8, verse 28, we know that in everything God works for the good of those who love him and who are called according to his purpose. Today, the corona pandemic continues to present obstacles that we never anticipated. The church was headed in one direction, and suddenly our usual ways of ministry have ceased. Is the Holy Spirit leading us on another path that in the end will prove more fruitful for the kingdom? This is where we need to be attentive to God's voice through prayer and careful discernment. Perhaps new methods of communication will open up God's word to reach a more diverse audience in a venue more suitable to them and their needs. Finally, the question must be asked, are we prepared to pay the cost of discipleship? In today's Gospel from John chapter 15, Jesus at the Last Supper tells his apostles, quote, If the world hates you, be aware that it hated me before it hated you. If you belong to the world, the world will love you as its own. Because you do not belong to the world, but I have chosen you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. Servants are not greater than their master. If they persecuted me, they will persecute you. End of quote. As we continue to live our faith in these challenging times, let us remember Jesus' command in yesterday's Gospel, also at the Last Supper. Love one another as I have loved you. To do this, we must rely on the power of the Holy Spirit, which is available to us at any time, any place, and in every circumstance, through personal prayer and the sacraments. We also have the intercession of those heroes of the faith that have gone before us. The Church today celebrates Blessed Catherine of St. Augustine. She was born in 1632 in France 
and at the age of three expressed an ardent desire to do God's will by helping the sick, the poor, and the needy. At the age of twelve she entered the monastery of the Hospitallers, the first order to send missionaries to Canada. In 1648, at the age of sixteen, she requested to be sent to help the canonesses in Quebec who had founded the Hotel Du to administer aid to the colony. On the sea journey she contracted the plague, but was healed, which she attributed to the Blessed Virgin Mary. For the next twenty years, Blessed Catherine tirelessly labored in the hospital to the physical and spiritual needs of the poor, having learned the languages of the first peoples of the region. Despite her frequent illnesses and the cultural and political upheavals of the time, Catherine was known by all to be loving, kind, and gracious to everyone. She always remembered and put into practice a lesson from one of her Jesuit teachers who said, It is certain that one does God's will more in affliction, humiliation, and suffering than when one has everything one wants. Catherine was blessed to receive mystical experiences and was known for her long hours of prayer and mortification. Her many duties included treasurer of the hospital and then its director and novice mistress of her order. She is considered one of the six co-founders of the Church in Canada. Let us pray. Almighty and eternal God, who through the regenerating power of baptism have been pleased to confer on us heavenly life, grant, we pray, that those you render capable of immortality by justifying them may by your guidance attain the fullness of glory. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God, forever and ever. Amen.